Hello everyone and welcome. I'm Jennifer and you are listening to the Ego Next Door podcast. Today, we will discuss how narcissistic abuse affects romantic relationships, the ability to accept love, and pretty much how we can define love when abuse is the norm. When you grow up suffering from abuse or witnessing abuse from a third party, it is hard to really understand what love is. Some people are raised having difficulty knowing what defines real love, and others have difficulty telling apart the difference between real love and toxic love. Calling it toxic love is quite redundant, because there is nothing such as toxic love. What is socially known as toxic love is actually the synonym for abusive relationship. A search on Google results on a definition of what toxic love may be associated with. Although there is increasing awareness on the fact that abuse is not only physical and not only or always involving a physical aggression, there still seems to be some kind of romanticization of the mental and emotional distress that love might cause. Some may even believe that when love is real and very deep, it is normal and even desirable to experience ups and downs. In fact, the ups after the downs in a toxic relationship often feel so utterly ecstatic that they can often make you forget how absolutely traumatic the downs are. The thing is, toxic love is not this beautiful, hardly attainable, intense romantic relationship that should be on everyone's bucket list. But it is certainly true that most people in their lifetimes have experienced at least one instance of toxic love, and perhaps were not even aware of it, only to realize and identify the patterns afterwards. This seems to be especially the case when the relationships you are used to modeling function that way, or better yet, were dysfunctional that way. One of my favorite definitions of what a toxic relationship is goes as follows. A toxic relationship occurs when one or both people are prioritizing love over core components of a healthy relationship, such as respect, trust, and affection. However, when surrounded by toxic relationships, especially during our upbringing, chances are we will have difficulty even understanding the concept of respect as we have not witnessed it. It is also not particularly helpful that the relationships we do see in romance stories are often ones of toxic nature, and so, for that reason, we begin modeling toxic behaviors that is, learning by copying the behavior of someone else. Humans naturally model each other all of the time. That is why it is so important to surround ourselves with healthier environments or, when that is not a choice, gain awareness of what is toxic and harmful and what is not. When abuse is the norm, chances are, that is what a person will aspire to have their entire lives without even being conscious of it. Another case scenario is not even realizing that what we are aspiring to have is in fact toxic and not healthy for us. This is especially the case when we are taught from a young age that we must work hard to be deserving of love and that it just doesn't come naturally and unconditionally. Well, this could not be further from the truth. Personally, it took me almost getting to my 30s to realize that there was such a thing as unconditional love and that unconditional love made me feel especially uncomfortable. I had always believed that love was transactional, 
and that being myself wasn't enough to receive love. In fact, I thought that if someone felt a sort of love and respect for me, without me even trying or putting my mind to it, then something was wrong. I even saw it as a red flag, to be really honest with you. I thought that if someone had interest in me or appeared to want something from me just out of the blue, then there must be an ulterior motive for that. And it couldn't possibly be because the person simply sympathized with me or my personality. Of course, when I started learning more about myself and about relationship dynamics, I learned that this train of thought was rooted in a deeper problem. That is, the belief that I am not deserving of love and the belief that I should receive love when I work for it. This raises two different problematics. Firstly, the low self-esteem aspect. And secondly, the level of expectations I had for other people. If on one hand, I thought that I was not deserving of love, on another, I thought that when I did everything in my power to receive someone's love, more specifically, become the perfect person that my person of interest admired, then the only possible consequence of that would be that I would be loved back. The downside of loving unconditionally is that loving unconditionally requires reciprocity. Loving unconditionally means putting your heart at stake, offering without expecting anything in return, and sometimes sacrificing personal benefit for the sake of someone else's well-being. The upside is that unconditional love is not based on actions or worthiness. Therefore, if you do not receive it back, it says more about the other person than it does about you. The paradigm when modeling toxic relationships is that more often than not, you will be offering unconditional love, yet expecting conditional love. This puts empathetic people especially at risk, because what will often happen is that you will be offering unconditional love that lacks personal boundaries. This will put you in a very vulnerable position, where you allow a person that you love to potentially harm you. You might also unconsciously neglect your own needs at all times while exhausting yourself emotionally because you will neglect yourself while actively working to meet all of the other person's needs and impossible expectations. This will make you put up with all sorts of verbal emotional abuse and even physical violence. And the thing is, in toxic relationships, the beginning will more often than not seem perfect and void of any obvious red flags. Unless, of course, you become aware of what kind of red flags you should actually be looking out for. When you are the one pursuing a person non-stop, chances are you are attracted to a person that models the toxic relationships that you were raised to think are normal. When the other person is doing the pursuing and offering you boundless love, that is almost a projection of unbending integrity, then chances are you are a target being manipulated by a narcissist. In both scenarios, your intuition is shut down. You are either powered by trauma, fueled by the incorrect belief on what love is, or driven by unattainable expectations of what love should be. These make you an easy target and an interesting playground for an abusive individual to settle in. So the big question is, how can you reprogram your understanding of what love is 
while reframing your expectations of what kind of love you want. In my opinion, the key word is awareness, awareness, awareness. Learning to stop overlooking obvious faults of character and personality, setting realistic expectations and boundaries on what you will or will not put up with, in treating yourself with the same kind of care, compassion, and patience that you are so willingly ready to give others. Another thing is always being aware that other people's attitudes towards you say more about them than they do about you. That is why it is so important for you to know your worth, so you do not rely on someone else's approval or opinion of you to decide if you should hold on to your boundaries or not. Rule of thumb, idyllic relationships usually turn out to be nightmares. Relationships where the foundation is open communication, trust, and respect usually turn out to be idyllic. Remember, abuse is never justified. If someone oversteps your boundaries once, they will most likely do it again. Someone that is unwilling to apologize and recognize their mistakes is not a person you should like to pursue or continue being in a relationship with. At the first sign of abuse, you should leave. If you have difficulty recognizing abuse or toxicity easily, you have probably developed a blind spot for subtle abuse. It often takes a track record of abusive relationships to realize that something must be wrong. Perhaps you have realized that you keep attracting the same toxic people in your life and caught in a web of self-blame, weak boundaries, unstable personal identity, and ongoing frustration. Often, that is what leads you to actually dig deeper within yourself, only to realize that the problem was not you all along. It is often the case that you have no concept of what abuse is, especially when you start comparing your stories to the most awful ones you might hear from others in the news, true crime documentaries, domestic abuse adverts, or in things you actually witnessed in first person from others. So you might often downplay your experiences and think that when people say that relationships take work, effort, and sometimes sacrifice, it means putting up with things you should not have to put up with. Other times, you might think that the person can change if you give them a reason to. Often, that reason is abandoning yourself and becoming their emotional slave and punching bag. Once you wait out long enough, you might think to yourself that you sacrificed so much already that it might be too much work or even impossible to just walk away and start your life over again. In psychology, there is an investment model inspired from the social exchange theory. This model was originally imagined by Carol Rosbolt and is a predictive psychological hypothesis designed to provide an explanation for why individuals stay in relationships. Rosbolt's investment model suggests that the more you put into a relationship, the harder it is for you to eventually leave it, because it will mean that your investment will be lost. So, although your satisfaction levels might not be optimal if your investment size is massive, your mind will make it more difficult for you to rationally weigh your losses. That is why it is so important to leave at the first sign of abuse. On the next episodes, I will tell you more about my first romantic relationship that turned out to be very abusive and lasted seven years. 
This might help you get a greater understanding of how a toxic relationship might develop and in which the general behavioral patterns might actually sound quite familiar to you now or in the future. Thank you for listening to the Ego Next Door podcast. See you soon and I hope you have a wonderful day. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to hear more, don't forget to like and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ego Next Door. And if you would like to support my work, consider becoming a patron to my Patreon creator page at Jennifer Hachia. The Ego Next Door podcast is presented solely for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes. The content here is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, or medical treatment of a qualified healthcare provider. Reliance on any information provided here is at your own risk. If you or someone you know is in crisis or experiencing suicidal thoughts, please reach out immediately to someone who can help right away. Call your national emergency services or go to the nearest hospital.